The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, a very good evening, everyone. Welcome. It's Thursday night. It's AFL Team Selections Night. It's Peter Vlahos and Kim Hagdorn. What a week we've had. Not only have uh, two legends of the game here on the West Coast in David Mundy and Josh Kenny decided to say that's it as far as they're concerned for their careers, but we had, of course, the explosion last night regarding Eddie Betts. We'll start with that before we go very much uh, into uh, the teams and some of the issues affecting the teams. Uh, I know Kim Hagdon hasn't been here since Monday night and a bit's happened since then. Haggers, good evening to you. Hello, Peter. Yeah, since then we, we had confirmation of the Josh Kennedy retirement uh, and absolute confirmation that he wasn't going to finish the season, that he's actually having a farewell match. Now, that's clearly differently mm. different to David Mundy's, isn't it? So Mundy's we had on Monday and you and I discussed it and uh, we, we discussed where does he sit in terms of a greatest possible West uh, Fremantle player, a list of Fremantle best players. And then we've, I suppose you've done that uh, with, with the likes of Kennedy since Tuesday. But very different circumstances, aren't they? Kennedy announcing, I'm finished. Sunday's my last game. It's West Coast's last home game, which we've been discussing yeah, for many weeks. For that, many weeks. That, that, that the Adelaide game was probably going to be his send-off. It's very different with David Mundy. And the longer the week's gone, the more I've seen and heard about it. E- even now, for coverage on behalf of David Mundy, that David Mundy would consider playing another season at another AFL club if they were interested. And mm. then there's the dialogue that, well, you know, North Melbourne or Gold yeah. Coast or Western Sydney. I just find that just ludicrous. And, Luke, and again, it goes on to the back of, sorry to butt in, Pete, goes on to the back of what we discussed on Monday. Why announce David Mundy's impending retirement now before... I think it's their biggest Fremantle's home and away game since late of 2014, and I've got records there of those. They had two games very late in that season when when fourth spot was on the line. Well, this so it's nearly a decade since Fremantle played such a critical game as this Saturday afternoon Perth time in Melbourne against the Bulldogs. This is a qualifying final for Fremantle probably an elimination final for the Bulldogs. So why announce David Mundy unless this was a home game? Like the home derby, for instance. Mm. David Mundy has announced that the derby will be his last game. Well, you can't do that because they're in different circumstances. So Kennedy goes, I've got a real suspicion that this could be a ruined party. West Coast, no guarantees to be that late. And I find that just... Staggering to even think what West Coast no guarantees to beat Adelaide. Adelaide, with so much at stake and showing a bit of pride and giving your all, get in the trenches and support one of your great warriors. You think that wouldn't be enough? Because the West Coast Eagles lineup isn't too bad. They should win here at Optus. Uh, Well, okay. Now you finally joined my argument. They should have beaten the Gold Coast. They should have beaten St mm. Kilda, especially here in Perth, because it was another home game. Well, they should and they beat had Adelaide. Teams, they had teams in terms of personnel, structure, and capabilities, and recent spasmodic signs of improvement. And the coach did tell us before the bye, oh, we'll be a lot better when we get troops back after the bye. Well, it's not happening. They continue to lose games, West Coast. Adelaide is the number two. Number two. Now, I know they've only won six games for the season, four of them at Adelaide. So they're much harder to beat at Adelaide, like most sides 
are supposed to be harder to beat at home. But for contested possessions, Adelaide are number two in the competition. West Coast is 18th. Mm. 144 a game for Adelaide, 121 for West Coast. Rory Laird is the fifth best contested ball winning player in the competition, Peter. He's a, he's a Brownlow medal candidate. I don't think he's going to go into the top five, but he'll have had a lot of votes. Ben Keyes averages 12 contested possessions a game. Adelaide averaged 50, 50 inside 50s a game. West Coast just the 41. I, I could go on and on. Sadly, I can't. I think West Coast, I'm with you. The emotions, the adrenaline, the playing personnel, it's at the stadium in Perth not at Adelaide Oval, West Coast should be winning. And they've got but a very experienced lineup. to be fair. When you look at some of the names, Hearn, Barras, Duggan, uh, you know, the likes of Kelly, Gaff, Ryan needs to step up, Darling, of course, really needs to showcase himself, Cripps, Kennedy himself, Rioli, Nat Nui, Redden, Shui, they've got to win, Hags. And you look at the Adelaide uh, lineup. there's a lot of younger players that are building towards <laughs> AFL careers. I know there's a lot said for youthful exuberance, but let me tell you, the big story will be if West Coast no. don't beat Adelaide on it Sunday. It won't be a story because it, no one in this town. It, but it is a story. No one in this town is analysing West Coast as ferociously as they should be. You're, you're, what you, you're pla- basing – I shouldn't put words in your mouth, but I think you're basing your judgment on West Coast's history as a famous and proud club. They've got some named players playing on Sunday they're not operate. They're not operating like that at the moment. They're being poorly managed, poorly prepared, and look at their recent form. Okay. It is more than questionable. I, I'm with you. They should win on Sunday for Josh Kennedy. And it's I've got the three most the three biggest games and occasions for my priority this weekend, and there are some big games around. Melbourne and Collingwood tomorrow night. Yep. Fremantle and Bulldogs on Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon. And I, and the jo- forget that it's West Coast against Adelaide. The Josh Kennedy farewell, and that deserves success. I, I I'm not convinced West Coast can do it. I hope uh, I'm wrong. Okay, I'm looking forward to your tips at the end of the program. Let's have a look at the temper of bedshed text line 0487 736 736 or join us on the Scarborough Toyota open line 13 12 We'll come to the ins and outs for Frio and uh, also the Eagles in a moment. Let's just get a couple of early texts. Hi, Pete and Haggers. If Monday was pushed into retirement, not happy Jan. Our best play on the weekend and still contributes every week. Best mm. of luck, Barra. That's Mike of Palmyra. So you're saying, and, and he did come out and say, they'll have to boot me out of the club for me not to well, continue. Well, let's just, I'll give you a date line. June 23rd, David Mundy declared when he was about to play his 366th game, I want to play on. They'll have to kick me out. Mundy went on to have only 13 possessions against Carlton, nine kicks and no clearances. It was one of his worst games of his career. Nathan Fife was his second game back, had just 11 possessions. Mm-hmm. One of the problems with the decision on Monday not allowed to go on, and I, I can say that it is that, he, he's been wanting to know for three or four weeks where his contract situation was for next year. My understanding was that just as recent as last week, Peter Bell, the football boss, said to David Monday, there will be no contract for you. It is you or Nathan Fife. We can't play the two of you in the same team. Mm. That's strong management, like it or not. But I think it's going to have ramifications through through the club. 
because he's so popular. And David Mundy wanted to play on. Yeah. Okay. We'll come back to our teams in a moment. Two big games, Bulldogs, uh, Dockers, and, of course, Eagles and Crows with the Josh Kennedy fact. And Josh Kennedy is going to be all over your newspapers, all over the media in the next few days leading up to uh, that final game of this round being on Sunday afternoon at 10 past two. Let's just touch on the Eddie Betts thing. It'd be mm-hmm. remiss of us mm-hmm. not to canvas it. It's been a major story in the AFL circles in the last 24 hours. And all of a sudden, the spotlight's back on the AFL's integrity unit. It's back on the Adelaide Crows four years on, on uh, what Eddie, of course, uh, has said in his book that was released yesterday. Uh, let's just have a listen to Eddie first, Hags, before I get your opinion on it. He says he still loves the Crows, but this is the truth. When it comes to the Adelaide Crows, and I know how, how hard it is when it when the camp is brought up being inside those four walls and being at the Adelaide Crows was probably the best time that I've ever had. And I can't really let four months or five months, you know, you know, take that fun, that love that I had at the Adelaide Crows, the players, the friendships um, that I still have there. Some of my best mates are from, from the Crows and maybe one day my kids might get a, a chance to come back and play for the Crows. Uh, I still love the football club. I, I know, you know, there's a lot of pressure on the, the club at the moment, but the, the Adelaide Football Club made a mistake and it's a mistake that we try to fix and we, and it was, uh, and it just kept digging ourselves into a bigger hole. So for everyone out there that, that is watching now, and uh, you've heard all these spectacles, you, you've read about the camp and you've wanted it to move on. Now you can, you can read it because this is the truth and this is what happened, read it understand it and then get what you want out of it and then you can move forward because like I said I've got nothing against the Crows I, I love that football club and the players there and I had a great chat to Tim Silvers this morning and um, you know like I said hopefully one day my, my kids might come and play for the Adelaide Crows I love love the city I love the support base and the support that was shown to me today through the players at that Adelaide football club and all their supporters was was unreal and, and I thank them for that and it is tough but we made a mistake, and um, now it's here. You can read, and it's the truth. Your thoughts, Hags? Oh, if it's the truth, why was it so vehemently denied back in 2018 mm. when a very good man from SEN and a doyen of Australian football, AFL, Aussie rules media, broke the horrible stories about the camp, the, the, the Adelaide camp, the infamous camp, what went on and how players were just denigrated? Um if it's the truth, then why has it taken four years to come out? Four and a half years. If it's the truth, why did the AFL take no action back at the time? If it's the truth, I'm not doubting this. I'm just saying, yeah. why aren't these? The truth is now out. Eddie Betts has said, this is it. This is what happened. It hurt him. Eddie Betts is now ducking and weaving, having sold a book to try to stay in good. And he's that type of person, I think, with Adelaide and with everyone else in footy to say it's time to read it and move on. Mm. It's impossible to move on because this is the first time that Michelangelo Rucci, it cost him his job. Correct. It cost Michelangelo Rucci his job at the Adelaide Advertiser because they wouldn't run the true stories because Adelaide was denying all of this. The AFL claimed they did an investigation of it at the time and ruled that... They, they could find no violation of industry rules. But the AFL reaction was to implement proceedings and policies to prevent it happening again. So something was revealed. 
The Players Association, which is paid for, can I say this? It's paid for by the AFL, the AFL Players Association, paid for. So how can they be an advocate for the players if they come out and say, Peter, with this new information, players were interviewed and stayed silent at the time? So do players not have any faith in their union? Mm. I mean, that's, that was a, a new investigation into what took place in 2008. That's, that's what Paul well, Marsh has come out saying, now we're going to reinvestigate. Hang on. And, well, good on him. But don't hide the truth now. If Eddie Betts has said this is the truth, and I hope he's not the only one, mm. I hope more players from Adelaide that were at that camp come out somewhere in the next few days and say, well, Eddie Betts is spot on. That's what happened. Finally, we're going to speak up. And if that's the case, then the AFL... They're never going to be held, held to account. But they've covered it up at, in 2008. So did Adelaide. And Michelangelo Rucci lost his job because yeah. he wanted to expose this. Can we also say that Michelangelo Rucci is featured on my program uh, quite regularly? Yeah. yeah, I have him on the program. Is he and still- can I tell you something? Can I speak to him? Mm-hmm. And I said, how are you feeling about your employment? He says, Pete, I'm loving what I'm doing. I said, do you miss where you were? He says, not I, at all. Let me tell you, Peter. Once you're out of the hurly-burly, if you've been in the hurly-burly and you've chased news stories day after day after day and copped what goes with that chase and then the revelations when you think, well, I'm going to go with this, I know this, I trust the informant, and then cop the backlash. And it's gotten worse and worse in the recent few years because the industry has become so sterile, so sterile that most reporters only wait for press releases and club statements and AFL statements, and then report them, thinking that's their footy round, instead of going to get the news, put it on the front and back page, lead your your, uh, your, your sports talkback radio programs with them day after day, and put your you know your, your face, your jaw on the block to see it get kicked and punched and egg thrown onto it. And then most, see most people, AFL clubs and AFL versus media, the masses aren't gonna support the media but media doing their job will be very harrowed. And at the end of it, you'll think, oh, actually, I don't miss the day-to-day yeah, grind and no. the crap that goes on behind the scenes. No, Michelangelo Rucci is part of our family and does an outstanding job in Adelaide. And as I said, uh, he was the man that broke that story. And, but so what's uh, and your a, view a, on the bet stuff? I said last night, I can't believe it's now four and a bit years mm. and only the truth, only his publication has brought it to the surface. And I think Eddie might have been prompted to put the book out because the truth wasn't really oh, revealed. Um, it may have been one of the, the catalysts for it. You don't agree? Uh, no. No. If it, think, th- That should have been said before. Any p- retired player at worst should have said that camp was a disgrace. Well, everyone said it was a disgrace. We know well, it's been said a it disgrace. The club said it wasn't. The AFL said it was. The AFL said that no violation of industry rules. Well, th- so, therefore, you can keep doing it. But from now, now every club has to check with the AFL. You can't have a pre-season camp without giving the AFL the criteria. One thing I will say about investigation is 2012, Peter, Brett Clothier and Abraham Haddad, did, they were in, investigating integri- integrity officers for the AFL. They threatened people that they interviewed with tapes rolling that you lie here, you will lose your job and you'll never work in the AFL again. Mm. So why didn't that take place when they were talking to the Adelaide boys in 2018? 
Interesting. All right, I'm going to take a break, Hags. We've had our say on that. Let's get back into uh, the round of footy that's coming up, and we'll focus on the Eagles and the Dockers after this. And as I said, you can join us on the Tempera Bedshed text line 0487 736 736 or give us a yell on the Scarborough Toyota open line 13 12 55. Uh, of course, uh, the Birmingham 2022 Commonwealth Games are live, free and exclusive on 7 and 7 Plus. Download the 7 Plus app for your smart TV mobile or tablet now. Back with more a moment here on Drive with Peter Vlahos and Kim Hagdorn. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Okay, just on the temper of Betcher text line, good on you, Josh from Canning Vale. Says, Haggers, which one is it uh, you've been saying all year that Monday and Five can't play in the same mm-hmm. side next year, which is correct. And now you're saying he's hanging up the boots, oh. uh, trying to say yeah, he's hanging up early. So why so early? Yeah. Oh, okay. Look, well, maybe I've been a bit confused there. I think I'm surprised that it's so early before the finals. That's not mm. – I didn't think David Monday should play this year, uh, Josh, from Canning Vale. I really thought late last year – that David Mundy should not play 2022. Fife's going to be available at some stage. There's not room for the two of them. They need to, to bring on some of these young players. I thought O'Driscoll and Chapman were going to be threatening. Uh, Akers was a good player. Uh, certainly Aish was a good player. They could play more. So, But if there's a confusion there, Josh, not that it's early in terms of retiring too early. I, I was surprised when it came out on Monday that it was done before the finals mm, even. Okay. Fremantle's priority is not David Mundy and what David Mundy feels about being forced to retire right now or he's going to do life after what I've actually heard that the Fremantle and David Mundy are now going to look at trying to An play Kate. Role. Yeah, trying to sort of okay. ease his ill feeling in, in a lot of ways to provide, provide him with a job as of next year. First thing, as soon as he finishes playing, we'll get you a spot in the, in the club. Now, I don't think that could be something in the football department, coaching department, because you've... Development? Well, whatever, as long as it's paid outside the soft cap. Yeah. So more so in promotions and marketing, I would have thought David Mundy's going to be someone who can help sell their corporate packages, for instance, plus do a bit of ambassadorial work with their next generation. Well, there's plenty that David Mundy could mm. do on for, say, I don't know, 250 a year, 300 yeah. a year. I'll take that. For that sort Why of work. Why would you take a cut in pay? Oh, please. <laughs> Haggers, let's look at West Coast. Uh, sorry, Western Bulldogs Fremantle. Just looking at the Dockers now. This is at 2.35 Saturday afternoon. Uh, in is Tucker and O'Driscoll. Out is Henry and Collier. Both been omitted. A Banfield who both was the Both of those. O'Driscoll's, O'Driscoll's now uh, healthy. He's been injured. Tucker... Uh, has been in such good waffle form. And yeah. Justin Lomu indicated early this week. Played very I, well for Peel last week. I thought Tucker would come in a couple of weeks ago mm. for the likes of a Collier or a Banfield uh, to make a bit of change. Henry, I think he's been carried. I'm not surprised that, that there's changes there. Tucker perhaps on a high half forward wing. O'Driscoll as a wing rotation uh, through the midfield. So they, And they're bigger bodies. Mm. And, and the other thing I'm not sure about, because Banfield, Johnson, Henry and Wilson have been listed as emergencies. Which of those players has actually travelled? Okay. And who could possibly be... Well, uh, Banfield's the most likely sub, isn't The sub. It? You think so. You think so. I think he does a good job at it, just quietly. Yeah, yeah. And on the other hand, of course, the Bulldogs uh, coming in is Keith, Trelaw and Darcy. And by the way, Darcy, Sam Darcy, who is the son of Luke Darcy, makes his debut. Obviously, um, Sam's been through a bit to, uh, to get to the point where he's been playing um, enough minutes to convince us that he's, uh, he might be ready for a game. And so you're making your debut this week, big fella. Yeah.
immediate reaction, mate? How do you feel about that? Um, yeah, just unbelievably excited. Just, yeah, pretty overwhelming, to be honest. Just emotional, but no, just super excited oh, to get out there. How's awesome. Luke Beveridge there? Remember early in the year he should have said, oh, gee, I'd like to return the, turn, turn a bit of a reversal on some of these media conferences, some of you media people. He, his first chance to actually <laughs> conduct his own interview, he says... How do you feel? <laughs> yeah, it's a good story, and no doubt Dad will be pretty proud, of course. I wonder if you call uh, that game. Seven. I wonder if you call that yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Luke Darcy, of course, a, a Western Bulldogs. Uh, I think it's a Fox game, actually, at 2.35 so, on yeah. Saturday afternoon. Um, just quickly on that, a couple of things. Keith and Trelaw going back into that team, I, I, I sense that they've had a bit of a, uh, a forward plan on Fremantle, Saturday, after, Saturday evening Melbourne time under the roof the week after they play Geelong mm. down at Geelong. Keith up against Lobb, Tabiner, you know, Williams, Trelaw back for run, Cordy down the back. That is a group. Dale, all-Australian form again, high possession winner. That's a defensive division that uh, uh, Fremantle will struggle to penetrate. And when you look at some of the, the figures and what we can expect for on Saturday afternoon, Peter, Perth time, uh, Fremantle have been struggling to score and, and the last four or five weeks especially, as you mentioned out on Monday. But they're 13th in the competition for scoring just 78 points a game. Now, the Bulldogs are fifth at 92 points a game. There's a big turnaround straight away. But one, one thing I think we can absolutely expect is that these the ball will, will bounce around. Both of these sides, Fremantle and the Bulldogs, love sharing the ball. Fremantle, number two in the competition for average of possessions per game, 382 mm. a game. That's number two. The Bulldogs are number four at, at 377. So not much between them. So you can imagine how high a possession a game this can be and how quickly they can run it forward. Fremantle first in handball. And the likes of McRae averaging 31 possession. I mentioned Bailey Dale. Well, he averaged, him and Trelaw averaged 27, 28 possessions each off the half-back line. So that's how attacking this game is going to be. It's, it could be quite thrilling, but with such such an outcome resting on it for the Bulldogs especially and Fremantle's top four chances. Fremantle don't win this. That's it. I don't think they can finish yeah. top four. So it is a massive game, but I can think we can expect a hell of a lot of ball use, a lot of inside 50s. Uh, the likes of uh, the Bulldogs, they're fourth, averaging 56. And Fremantle, who have dropped away a bit in the last few weeks, that hasn't been in as nearly as much, down to about high 30s, 40. They're still averaging about 50 per game. So we can expect a lot of fast ball movement in this. And if Fremantle get that sort of game going, that's their best chance. Mm. And there's a bit of a story uh, bouncing around about Buddy Franklin. We'll bring uh, that information to you uh, before the show's out as well. Let's go to Lisa. Hello, Lisa. How are you? Hi, Peter. Hi, Kim. Yeah, Hi, good. Alyssa. Thanks, guys. Oh, guys, I hear you going until 7 o'clock tonight. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. We've got so much to get through. I'll, I'll send you the invoice then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I tell you what, Haggis, if I if I won a huge amount in lotto, yeah. I'd sponsor you guys so would you, you can go go longer in your show. Yeah, bloody oath, I would. Okay. Well, even if you sponsored <laughs> us for a couple of bucks a, a program, it's more than what we're getting. <laughs> we do this for love, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know you do, because um, you love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, guys, just just to, I want to touch on a um, couple of things. Um, firstly, on the on the Eddie Betts thing, um, I just find it really. Um, sad that these things got to come out four and a half years later, and and it all gets written into a book. How many times do you mm, hear yeah. that happening? That they that all, everything comes out in 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 a book, and I just don't think that that's right. Things things should come out when it happens, so it's dealt with and done with, and everybody can move on. 
Represent, um, represent with this question, Lisa, represent uh, our total audience. Are you going to buy the book, though? No. Oh, okay. I thought you might say yes. <laughs> such a footy, footy sports well, I'm, saying no at this I'm saying no at this stage. Father's Day coming up, I, Christmas when, coming up. But when I walk past Dimmicks, it might be a different story. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and just, and, and, you know, there's been a whirlwind week, hasn't it, with two, two greats retiring. Um, but I, I was sort of pricked my ears up yesterday morning when I heard Justin Longmuir. Um, there was a snippet of him, what he said on the news yesterday morning. And he came out and said that, um, that we should put our um, differences aside and our emotions and get on with the rest of the season. Um, and I thought, hmm, what do I read into this? Is there cracks? Um, with, with, and that's why Monday's come out and, and announced his retirement? I don't know. I don't know. Whether, did you guys hear that at all? Yeah. I mean, David Mundy didn't want to retire. He's been chasing Fremantle's management for a few weeks now to give them, him some indication of prospects for a contract for next year. And uh, late last week, he was told that he, he wouldn't be getting one so that he, he wasn't required for 2023. And as I said uh, earlier on, and seemingly confused one or two people, I, I'm surprised that that conversation and ultimate outcome was allowed to take place when you're about to play the, the most important home and away game in nearly a decade and then a final series, win or lose on Saturday, Fremantle are still going to play finals because I think they can – I reckon they'll beat West Coast in the Derby mm-hmm. and I think they'll beat Western Sydney the week after. So they'll probably finish fifth or sixth. They could finish fourth if they win on Saturday and then win their last two as well because they're chasing Collingwood's spot. I think Collingwood will slip out, but it's still going to be difficult to knock Brisbane out of third or fourth spot. But – Fremantle are playing the most important home and away game in nearly a decade, and the week has been about David Mundy disgruntled. I, I, I think there is, uh, I, I seriously think there is a bit of um, disunity, disharmony, uh, and ill feeling around Fremantle. Sean Darcy's not a happy camper. Well, not a happy camper at all on the on Luke Jackson stuff. I think Lisa's still there though. Yeah. Um, and so sorry, Lisa. That, so that but, confirms but, what you're but hearing. But that happens as well. in any workplace, I reckon. It's got to be well handled, though, yeah, Peter. It's got to be well but managed. It, but it happens in any every workplace. People think of when they're bringing this big recruit, even in the media, all of a sudden yeah, there's talk that this big recruit's going to come into your organisation. You start thinking about it. Now, how will it impact my employment? Yeah. Uh, how will my role change if it changes at all? So you start to think about it more and so more. So what are your alternatives? Well, the alternatives, you can't, you can't appease the players. You can't come out definitively and say you're, nothing's going to change for you because they don't know, firstly, if they're going to get in. They reckon they're going to get in for sure, but there's nothing's a fait accompli yet. Well, significantly so, in recent times has been some comment coming from, from Melbourne Football Club leaders, president... Max uh, coach Gorn. Max Gorn, so we're president, coach, captain, yep. all saying, well, we will still want to have a communication with Luke Jackson before he makes his final decision. So Gorn's got even gone as far as saying he believes he'll be there next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one of the biggest problems... So we- it's not unusual what's happening at Fremantle. There's players that will be impacted by Jackson coming would think to myself, well, where does that leave me? Well, there's some unrest at Fremantle. We, we can, we and can, it maybe stems from a bit of that. A lot of that, especially the big Sean Darcy. I mean, he's contracted for two more years. Because he is, hasn't been the player that we saw in oh, the first half of the season. Reclining, uh, but he's also pivotal to Saturday night's potential success. With We talked there about, we haven't got into it, but clearances and, and contested ball and so on, all the, the big numbers there. He, up against Tim English, who is in the form of his career, 
that becomes a big outcome. You know, does the ball go to Fremantle boys or does, does uh, Tom Liberatore shark it, for instance, or does Tom Liberatore and, and Bontempelli and McRae get clean ball from Team English? So a disgruntled Sean Darcy, who's not comfortable at all with how he was handled last Friday by Josh Carr at halftime and post-match, mm-hmm. nor was Rory Lobb. So they've both, there's a bit of unrest there. And, of course, we haven't touched on Matthew Tabiner holding his spot yeah, we talked about Alex Keith going back in, how difficult it's going to be to, to, to perhaps get clean ball against the Bulldogs' defence. And Matt Tabiner couldn't touch it last week. Yeah, Didn't touch it till three, had one possession till three-quarter time. So there is, there is some concerns at Fremantle. You say, yeah, it happens in every workplace. Well, but it does. It's got to be me- – well, how, how well how are those workplaces? Footy's, how, footy's how? a different sort of place than most workplaces. It's, it is a workplace. It's very different, You Peter. go there and you meet the same people every day like you do in any workplace. Oh, you don't go and get buffeted on Saturday afternoon by an opposition that are trying to trying to take you out and, and ha- finish yeah, better but, on the... No, s- but I'm talking about the external feelings, the external uh, noise that happens. And that's what we're talking about. That's what's unsettling. Not so much the buffeting of what happens. Well, when you're in match mode, you're in match mode. It's all the external stuff that's happening. Not if you've got distractions. Yeah. You're not, well, hang on. You're not as switched into match mode as perhaps Fremantle were for the first three months of the season. Mm. They're nowhere near that like, like yeah. that now. I've come to work occasionally, and I'll, I'll verify it. When you've heard something, you thought, no, nah, I don't really like that, if, what I'm hearing. And you come to work feeling a bit flat. Yeah. Do you then go to manager and say, listen, I'm hearing that such and such well, is going to happen? Well, yeah, depending on the situation, yeah. yes. Yeah. And if management hasn't got the answers, then where does it leave you? We'll take a break. Uh, thanks, Lisa, for your call. We appreciate it. Uh, love having you on the program. It's 27 to 6. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Probably been something that's been planned um, for a while now, so I've had a lot of time to stew on it and been pretty content with the decision. But the build-up, I suppose, to actually announcing it, um, I suppose, publicly and officially. Um, And then also a lot of the players and the coaches internally kind of knew it was coming anyway, but... Um, the build-up to actually sitting there and telling the boys it's going to be my last game was um, was something that was pretty nerve-wracking. And, and I was, once it was over, it was kind of became a blur. And I was a bit exhausted yesterday, actually. I think mentally, just um, yeah, kind of took, took it out of me. And that was uh, Josh Kennedy uh, talking uh, with Paul Hazelby and Damian Martin on the run home, talking to his Northampton mate there in Hayes, uh, who he mentioned in the press conference as well. Just before we talk about West Coast, just letting you know that you can see all the Commonwealth Games action on 7 Plus, watch event replays, minis, trending highlights, and all the best action on demand, plus keep up to date with the medal tally results and event schedule. Let's focus on Eagles. It's going to be a big game. They'll get their biggest gate of the season to come and farewell Josh Ken. You'd think they would. Haven't they got got 100,000 members? Doesn't that mean that 55 to 60,000 members have got tickets? I'd be disappointed if they don't hit 50,000. Absolutely. There you go. Absolutely. They've got to turn out. Let's go to Paul at Gozzi's Hags, who's given us a call. Hey, Paul, how are you? Yeah, very well, boys. I'm just walking home, so apologies for the uh, background traffic noise. That's all right. um, One thing I've just discovered at the end product of the last uh, couple of weeks when um, in particular when the uh, shirt scenario was going down at, uh, at Manly and obviously over the Eddie Betts thing is there's broadcasts of breakfast shows and morning shows from all the different states available on the on the app and um, you can get the perspective of um, what might be happening for example in, Mel- in, in Sydney in the case of those shirts or uh, in, the, in the case of Eddie Betts, what's happening in Adelaide. Yeah, oh, yeah, and, exactly. Um, I've been listening to 
Michelangelo Rucci, and he's um, got a couple of a couple of things that he's mentioned. Uh, one is I think another player is going to be talking about the camp tomorrow. Um, another another thing was um, Elliot Himmelberg from Adelaide, possibly possibly to Fremantle. And the other point before I go is um, what's the go with Mitch Georgiades? He he's been named as an out, but also so has Butcher. He's listed out with COVID, and he still can't hold his spot. Is is he no longer in favour at, at the power? And could he be someone that Fremantle might chase? Yeah. Good on you, Paul. Thanks for your call, mate. If, he, if he's on the market, you go for Jordy yeah. But I, I think he's – I get the impression uh, mm. he's quite comfortable there. He's, he's only a kid still. Yeah. 20. He's played 45 games in his in his, in his his couple of seasons or three yeah. seasons there. 17 games in 2022, just the 19 goals. I'll tell you what he does do. He's an exciting player. He's an aerialist. Gee, misses some clutch goals. Mm. Um, he's not going to be going anywhere. No, and the uh, regarding uh, Elliot Himmelberg, that's right. It was uh, he's been ad- identified by Michelangelo Rucci on his run home program there at the SENSA that Fremantle. Uh, Certainly inquiring about the possibilities behind Riley uh, Phil Thorpe and Taylor Walker and Darcy Fogarty. Uh, and he's out of contract. So at the moment, uh, the Dockers are certainly inquiring whether maybe he's an option for them for 2023. Well, and if the players are finding out about this, as well as Luke Jackson, uh, perhaps. <laughs> but, but if you're going to lose, Rui Lobb's going. Yeah. Okay. Now, we, we know that he's he's going to the Western Bulldogs. The only other suitor in the in the hunt is St Kilda. If the Bulldogs deal fell over, he, he's going to Melbourne Town, Rory Lobb. So if Himmelberg was available, but by the same token, I'd like to think that Fremantle are going to invest so much in Jai Amos that one way or another you get him into that team and he stays there. He, he's a better option, as I see it even now, than, than Matthew Tabiner. Uh, I'd, I'd love to think that next Monday night we're talking about Tabiner kicking five or six against the Bulldogs. Because if the Bulldogs do have a problem, in my opinion, their, their defence is a bit leaky. It is a bit flaky. The Bulldogs' defence is number 12 in the competition. They average 84 points against them. I touched a while ago about how they average 82 points for, but they average 84 points against them. Uh, and that, that's a blessing for Tabena. If the, ball, if the Bulldogs' defence does leak, then Tabena and Lobb could have good days. But I also think their small forwards have to have big days right. as well, Walters and Schultz. Let's uh, talk about the big occasion here at Optus Stadium. As I said, hopefully about 50,000 do rock up, and I think they should. The weather's going to be okay on Sunday afternoon. There might be a bit of rain about on Sunday morning, the forecast says, but Sunday afternoon should be fine when the game gets underway at 10 past two. If you're ever going to come out to uh, a West Coast Eagles game this season, it's been pretty tough to watch, certainly here at Optus Stadium. There's one reason to come, and only one reason to farewell one of the greats uh, of all time for the club uh, in Josh Kennedy. So... Saying that, there's plenty of uh, motivation. There's plenty of impetus. There'll be emotion. There'll be all the factors uh, there. In the end, the Eagles are going to play good footy because the Crows won't certainly roll over and let the West Coast Eagles beat them because they showed what they can do against Carlton last week at home. That was a good performance by the Adelaide Crows at home. But coming at Optus Stadium, it is a different uh, assignment. But saying that, the Eagles have been very poor at the home of football this season. Well, this season. And last season. Yeah. The second I, half of last season, West Coast have lost 24 of their last 28, Peter. Can I say that again? 24 of their last 28. They've lost 24 games. That's mind-blowing. Of, of their last 28, West Coast. And uh, that, 
that's that's a winning ratio of fourteen point three percent. Not much has been made of that. When they lost when they lost to St Kilda here two Sundays back, West Coast had lost nine of ten at home this season. They'd lost thirteen of their last fifteen at the stadium. That's why I I, I pray that Josh Kennedy, given his service and given where he sits, I mean we 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 will have arguments and discussions because West Coast have got so many contenders, in my opinion, for their best ever five. Fremantle, I think, as we discussed on Monday, it's a bit more of a standout. Certainly the top two or three, probably Nestle, one, two, three, and I think most would agree, the likes of uh, Fife, Pavlich, Mundy, McFarlane, Sandylands. West Coast, you can come up with about 10 or 12 before you, as a, as a group, that you try to finalise as your top five, and Kennedy would just about sit into those. Not, to, not in mine, because I go back to the 90s in particular. Saw Dean Cox, saw Glenn Jakovic, what sort of career he played. Uh, Judd, mm. probably the best probably player the best, yeah. they've ever had. Kemp, material. I'm never, but, but the thing is with Josh Kennedy, I'd put him in a similar category to Kemp, uh, Tony Evans. Oh, he's better than us. No, hang, hang on. Just, let me, better, just, no, no, just let me clarify. Yeah. Always just how ruthlessly determined they were to help the team. Never chastise an umpire. Never get embroiled in in off field uh, drama of any kind. Kemp, Tony Evans, I could keep naming. Yeah. There are boy, and they also never castigated a teammate for a mistake. Mm. Now Kennedy, the longer his career's gone, last year and this year, you know, he could be well within his rights to berate some of the terrible kicking that he's had to receive, especially this season. But I've never seen him have a crack at a, at a teammate for not giving off. And I reckon, you know, Kemp in particular. That's why I have them so high. But it, so th- th- they just should win on Sunday. There's just no argument. But C- Kennedy up against Jordan Butts probably, just a kid, 22, playing his 40th game, 41st game on Sunday. Nathan Ewey against Riley O'Brien. Shuey, Kelly, Redden, Gaff against the likes of Laird. Sam Berry, heard of him, Pete? He's, but he, he's a good tagger. He ran with Patrick Cripps yeah, last weekend. He played well last week. Keys, a yeah. defensive role. I mean, he averages, as I, we I said. I like Keys, yeah. yeah. As we said, he averages 12 contested possessions a game and averages something like six clearances. Uh, you throw in those names, and West Coast are in a bit of trouble to try to compete for the contested ball and to win the ball away enough to get it to Josh Kennedy. So I, I just hope they do have a yeah, good day out too. and all lift. But the biggest problem with West Coast right now, everyone, they're just not fit enough. That's the big question. To cope with AFL standards. We're going to come back and talk about a couple of other big issues as well straight after the break. Time is really uh, getting uh, past us, unfortunately, Hags. It's 14 to 6. Uh, you're with Peter Vlahos and Kim Hagdorn. This is The Drive Show here on SENWA. All thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmart, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Uh, just some news regarding uh, Lance Buddy Franklin. There is reports suggesting that he may, uh, Brisbane may be on his radar. I did uh, hear his wife, Jacinta Franklin, say a couple of weeks ago that, you know, depending on how things go, they, they'd certainly more than happy to have their family settle on the Sunshine oh, Coast. please. So, uh, mate, he'd be one guy that would say, uh, Jacinta say, let's go to the Sunshine Coast. Okay, I'll play for Whatever Brisbane. Whatever you say, Jacinta. Yeah, is that I'll, what you're I'll, saying? I'll play for Brisbane. 
Yeah. Well, that's a bit sexist, I think. But you'll, no. you'll get us into trouble now. No, no, I'm not going. But anyway, it may, <laughs> well, be, it, it might be a story tomorrow. I'm just oh, letting you know. He's we're, not we're, going anywhere. We're floating I, I also heard that for a lot of his career, Lance Franklin has always said, gee, I'd love to finish my career back in the West. Please. <laughs> Haggers, let's go to GWS uh, against Essen. A lot well, of talk regarding re- the Bombers and the Giants. I reckon there's some real additional significance in this Western Sydney hosting Essendon on Saturday afternoon in Sydney. James Heard remains the front runner to get the Western Sydney job. I think you, Mark, said, you said that a couple of months ago. Well, I, I think I said you know that he was going to get it when uh, Cameron mm. left. It was because he'd found out that the club had been talking with and the AFL is supporting James Heard being the Western Sydney coach. Now, we've seen Mark McVeigh as the interim. Probably probably did, did himself enormous disharm uh, on enormous harm last weekend by criticising the players and the club culture. He's been there since 2014. So if he's criticising club culture and playing culture, he's a major part mm. of it. But what I've heard is that Dean Solomon, who's been in there assisting, was was, recru- was recruited in, seconded in to assist Heard as an assistant along with Mark McVeigh. Essendon want him to go to Essendon as a senior assistant. Right. For next year and beyond. So that adds more intrigue. So you've got Heard and, and Solomon sitting in the coaching box against Essendon on Sunday. And also Tim Taranto, now whether he gets a game or not, seriously considering a move to Essendon as well. And he's a premier player, one of the five players at Western Sydney. They're going to lose a few again, Absolutely, aren't they? yeah. So Let's Essendon, talk about, uh, I think, Hopper maybe leaving yep. and possibly going to Geelong yeah. and, and others. Some of that might change. It's the same as you've got a text here from Mike, yeah. uh, from Palmyra. Thanks, Mike. Asking about Cam Zerha. You know, should Fremantle go after, or at West Coast? Of course they should, if he's on the market. Mm. Uh, and he'd be one I would suggest more so for West Coast. West Coast should go for Sam Pal Pepper. Get a boy who's out of contract and on the move and can be that big, hefty body in the midfield when you're getting in four or five draftees and they've all got to play next year. I'm not so sure Adam Simpson's thinking that way. I'm convinced that Adam Simpson is still looking at Shannon Hurd playing on, Jack Redden playing on, and a lot of us are thinking, you can't keep going with all these old blokes. Bring in the young guys. Zuha's 24 and, uh, and he's only played the 80 games. But if, and this is where I come back to another big developing story, Peter, if Alistair Clarkson takes the North Melbourne job, Cam Zerhar's not going anywhere. Mm. Same too with Western Sydney. If they get a coach that all these young players are comfortable with, they're more likely to stay. At the moment, some of these boys are looking around from certain uh, organisations because they're not comfortable with how it's been run, how it's been poorly coached, how they've been poorly coached. Zerhar, yes, get him if he's on the market. Clarkson goes to North Melbourne. I think all, they'll all stay. All stay. You know, Horn Francis, um, you know, Larky, Zerha, they'll all say, oh, I'm happy to stay now. Look what we've got. Mm. It's better. They're cleaning the place up. Uh, Haggers, uh, just quickly, before we get your selections, uh, the other feature game for you this oh. weekend is? Yeah, it's the big one tomorrow night. I mean, I, I'm convinced that this blockbuster could bring a lot of heartache to Collingwood faithful. I, I think Melbourne can really put a lid on Collingwood hype. Col- Collingwood surely can't. They drop one. They surely can't keep winning thrillers. Sports are too unforgiving <laughs> for Collingwood to win eight, to, to win again. 11 straight. Eight of the last 10 have been by 11 points or less. A lot of classic battles, but I think Melbourne. I think Melbourne probably get Collingwood tomorrow night. Hawthorne to beat Gold Coast. Essendon to beat uh, Western Sydney. Bulldogs, I think, will beat Fremantle. Geelong over St Kilda. Richmond will beat Port Adelaide. Sydney to beat North. Brisbane, I think they'll beat Carlton. Carlton can lose their last three and miss the eight. West Coast, 
have to win on Sunday. They just have to. So you're going for the Eagles? West Coast to win Sunday. I tell you what, if they don't, make sure you tune in on Monday <laughs> from 5 o'clock. Good on you, Haggard. Another Pete. great week. Uh, thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Lee. And for those people listening, Tap Touch Lounge tomorrow from 8. I look forward to your company then. Have a great Thursday night.